You're listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Discussing the topics that matter to you because they matter to us, including marketing, networking, generating business awareness, as well as covering various business tools and technology. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Welcome to episode 16 of Brumpod, the UK's small business podcast. I'm here as ever with Jason and Ewan. And today's hello. episode... Oh, hello. <laughs> this episode, we're looking at the current and future state of the modern workplace and what that means for different businesses, depending on the size of your business. Uh, and echoing things from our past episodes as well, with are people likely to need to commute as much as they do now in the future? With 5G coming in, that's changing things even again. We have all worked in various uh, different places, some of us more sort of corporate environments than others. A lot of, well, me mainly work from home. So with more and more people now than ever working in sort of hot desking environments and uh, business spaces that, that, that aren't typically not necessarily their main day-to-day base, but they may use them occasionally. Jason, you brought this topic to the table, so let's let's launch into what the uh, traditional state of the workplace looked like and how that is now changing. Well, I mean, my journey in uh, in my career, I've gone through call centres, working at Trinity Mirror Group, through to corporate environments, through to remote working. Uh, I've worked in the serviced office industry, so I've seen the you know I, I was around. A decade ago, when the credit crunch changed everything for the uh, for the office environment, so I've seen the growth of the the pay as you go office. So my current grown up job is is self storage, where I've gone into pay as you go warehousing. So I've I've seen that sort of move from the traditional have an office clock in nine to five to flexible working through to. You don't even need to be in the office anymore. You can do it all from your mobile. And, you know, the, the way I've come at it is, you know, sort of similar to yourself. I mean, you know, your grown-up job is is voiceover work. So you have to work out of a studio. It's very rare that you can do a voiceover on the fly. And then looking at the sort of consultation work that Ewan does, I also spends a lot of time in other people's offices as well as working out of his own office. And again, I'd kind of ask, where's Ewan dialing in from at the at the moment? I think that's the time I'm sitting in the living room, Jason. <laughs> exactly, there we go. So, you know, I've, I've been to, you know, you've had offices in the city centre, but, you know, as we speak, you're you're calling in from your living room, which is, you know, your de facto office for the day. Or for the morning, at least. Yeah. I, I I kind of think that I've adjusted enough that I work from where I am rather than from a, a, a fixed base. It's the case that it depends on what you use the office for. And the nature of work has changed, but some of the fundamentals haven't. So, you know, there, there is a, a great thing that a lot of business consultants use in training, which is called presenteeism which is the opposite of absenteeism which is where people clock into the office occupy a desk for eight hours and then clock out just so they qualify for their paycheck you know and it's not about their productivity 
you know, it's all their activity. It's just the fact that they are in at nine and out at five, where a lot of the modern workplace is judged on results. So you don't have to physically be in the office. So long as the results are there at the end of the week, you've done your job. So it's the kind of work you do and how you measure your success. And again, yeah. you, you know, you have to think that there are some jobs where you have to be there. Now, you know, an extreme example is hospitality. If you are working in a bar, you have to be behind the bar serving customers. You can't do that remotely. But then again, as a consultant, you could do a lot of your work over Skype and it doesn't matter where in the world you are. So long as Absolutely. when you're tasked with, you know, providing knowledge, training, insight and results that you can deliver. I was just going to say that I actually have clients I've never met yet because I deal with them remotely. I, I, I would go as far as so to say that I've changing. probably I've in real life probably only met, I don't know, well, probably less than 3% of my entire client base. Uh, most of the time, they're not not necessarily in the UK. They're all all corners of the globe. Yeah, but exactly. You have a purpose-built studio because sound recording requires it. So your customers don't, you know, you don't go to them and go to their offices and record your voiceovers. You do that in your own environment and send it on to them. So for you, you have a physical office space, a workspace, but that's not necessarily, um, you know, a case of you, you, you're not portable in the same way as you and could go and visit a client to do an assessment of what they need. A lot of your stuff doesn't require you to be there. It's about the product you deliver. So your office environment would be radically different to you and which would be different. So it's, um, it's- absolutely. I, if, if I was uh, taking my laptop to a coffee shop for a bit. For a change of scene, then yes, it, that that certainly isn't the environment that I could just uh, chuck out a quick uh, voiceover for a client. It's 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 got to be pre-planned, uh, and not the kind of thing I would do over a latte. No, and I th- I'd, I'd imagine the background noise would be. Um, well, I doubt that a coffee shop would be the right environment to record what you do anyway. <laughs> yes, known as mildly but- inconvenient. <laughs> Yes, but then again, I don't think I would hold a job interview or a conference call out of a coffee shop either, just because it's just a no. ridiculous idea. They're occasionally convenient, but again, that is the very low end of the workspace sort of spectrum, as opposed to having your own office. And you know, I'd, I'd, I'd see it as stages. You've got your own office where you are geared up, it's private, it's confidential, you've got your workspace environment set out for you. You've got temporary workspace where you can rent a place, whether it's a conference centre, a hotel, a ready office, where you can go in and do what you do in a familiar environment. You've then got hot desking where you've got shared space where the facilities are there if you know how to use them correctly. And then you know, the absolute low end is public Wi-Fi networks and sort of working out of a, a coffee shop or a shared venue, which is, you know, for a lot of people, if their work isn't confidential or it's not critical, then it's tolerable. But, you know, if you, it, it, it depends on how important and how time sensitive and secure you need your work to be. You just have to make that judgment. Yeah, 
the problem is that people don't think often about you know, whether things are confidential or not. And I used to work with a partner and travel up and down to London with him. And he was letting out the most, you know, amazing things about clients and using their names in the in the process. It's actually embarrassing to sit on a train with them. That's not good. Well, you never know who's listening in. Yeah, absolutely. But you have to think about it. Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. like one of those ridiculous um, situations with, uh, for example, on LinkedIn, where people will use their profile as a sort of a humble brag about everything they've done, what they've achieved, who they've done it for. And you're basically just sending a message to your competitors that these are all the people I've worked with that you should poach, or these are the kind of people that you should go after while I deal with these people. And you just think, no, you know, if you're having a very public, you know, in a public place, having a private conversation, you don't know who's listening in. You know, if, if, if you imagine worst case scenario, you've just left an industry conference you're on the train home. There's every possibility that your rivals will be traveling back on the same train as you, that they could listen in. So if it's, if it's not a completely private room, it's not a private conversation. If two people can hear it, it's not a secret. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's have a look at some of these stats. Do you have some statistics, Richard? I have some statistics. I would very much like to hear some statistics <laughs> at this point. I have some stats. Uh, it's, it's flexible working is uh, seemingly growing in importance, and apparently 37% of UK companies have over 50% flexible workforces, and uh, technology that facilitates mobile or remote working is a top workplace priority these days. And that was a, a survey done uh, within the last sort of 12 months. So again, it just shows that mobile working is uh, and remote working and, and, and flexible working is certainly on on the rise because you know sometimes uh, in a, even in traditional companies potentially not all employees have to be physically in the office at all times uh, they can be elsewhere getting the job done thanks to the you know echoes of previous episodes thanks to not necessarily having to commute to various places all the time not with having you know decent broadband capabilities and and 5G coming in and that kind of thing, it just shows that you can get stuff done without having to be in a bricks-and-mortar office. Well, it's what I said earlier. It's that's always activity and productivity. Yeah. You, you've, and again, it's, it's industry-specific because there are some jobs where you don't physically have to be present to deliver results. There are others where you absolutely need to be there. And there are some where the lines are blurred. You would imagine that, say, a call centers are disappearing because somebody can be a help desk assistant from their own home. All they have to be able to do is to receive the call and log in to the correct information to provide the solution. So they don't have to clock in at a big call center in an office in the middle of somewhere. You could do that from your kitchen, providing you were set up and had the mindset to do that. Yeah. I think the other thing, the uh, other, another stat that uh, came up was uh, that sort of feeds into that kind of thing and what you mentioned earlier about people that just check in and check out at the end of the day and not necessarily getting much done. Uh, another survey done said, our data shows that emails and pointless meetings top the list of things that keep workers from getting work done. 
in this vein, according to the state of work data, we say we spend only 40% of our workday on primary tasks. Pointless meetings, amongst other things, taking up otherwise valuable time. So main, people's workers' main tasks that they have to get done are either being delayed or not done enough or at all because of distractions and other things, which, if potentially they were left to their own devices and not being interrupted all the time, potentially it could be argued that they'd be, they'd be far more uh, productive. I think there's certainly, as I understand it, some evidence that uh, in personal terms, people are more productive. I think there may be question marks over teamwork if everybody's remote, uh, depending obviously on on what people are actually doing. Because now, yes, there are certain things that you know in a team you're doing on your own. Yeah. But if it's a matter of interacting with other people, it may make it a bit more problematic. Yeah. Well, you also get the thing about the false positives because if you give if you grant somebody the permission to work from home then what you will find initially is they will be more productive because they have to prove that working from home works so they will get rid of the distractions they will be more diligent they will be more consciously capable of doing their job because they've got a point to prove but the other thing about working in an office environment which is why a lot of home workers have gone back to co-working is the social element. You know, there's the phrase, the water cooler conversation. There is that thing about people congregate in these offices because a lot of stuff is social as much as it is business. You only have to think about the idea that if you were the head of a large company and you suddenly had to make cuts, you've got at one end of the spectrum, you've got the remote worker who delivers on time, to a high standard, consistently earns their money, but they're invisible. And you've got Bob. Now, Bob is in the office every day. You know Bob's kids. You know how old they are. You know his wife's name. They, You know, the Christmas party, he's always there. There's family photos. You can even see the pictures on the desk. Bob is useless, but he's like and he's visible, and everybody kind of loves Bob, even if they don't respect him. You Poor can Bob. A productive guy very <laughs> easily, and maybe people would miss his contribution, but not miss them. Whereas if you got rid yeah. of Bob, productivity would be unchanged, but everybody would know that Bob is gone. And what if does anyone that do can help Bob? If anyone can help Bob, just two pounds a month will ensure Bob lived a happy life with his wife and kids. Hashtag support Bob. <laughs> Hashtag Bob for but, freelance. But that's the thing. Even though I've painted this picture, you've got this idea of Bob in your head now, whereas you didn't even consider what the invisible, diligent, productive person did. They're gone. So there's an element of being present and being known. I mean, that's what networking is about. It doesn't matter how good you are if nobody knows who you are. So you get out there and you get yourself known. You get yourself in people's minds. So when they think about who would I have in mind for a recommendation, a referral, or this, you have to be in that person's top three. You know, I'd recommend... You, 
someone else and maybe a third person just for you know for coverage so that's what unfortunately bob does very effectively by being present in an office whereas your remote worker doesn't have that and it doesn't matter how good they are you could get rid of them tomorrow and they wouldn't their contribution would be but they wouldn't yeah i was just going to ask if jason was working around to plug for brummies there but um well, we could we could always shoehorn a plug for Brummies in, so you can sort of edit this back. But that's why people come to Brummies Networking every second Tuesday of the month at the Grosvenor <laughs> Casino on Broad Street, because it's not the free tea and coffee, it's not the free parking, it's not the sparkling conversation they have with us three in person. It is the fact that they go there, they are seen, they have conversations, they're remembered, and it's a lot better than just being a logo on a networking page that is maybe very good at what you do, but nobody remembers you. Is that the Brummies that is brummies-networking.co.uk? I've heard of those. That ones. would be the very same Brummies Networking. <laughs> Enough. Right. Moving uh, on. I think, yeah, another thing that sort of uh, hooks into this is the concept of work-life balance and with... Uh, you know, mental health dominating the news over the last few years, quite rightly. Uh, you know, having a, a good uh, sense of work-life balance is is becoming even more important to employees. Again, according to another poll, you know how I love a poll. Um, and benefits which help with work-life balance are most important to employees. Seventy-five percent uh, go for a convenient office location. Seventy-one percent flexible hours. Sixty-two percent ability to work from home and 49% opportunity to challenge myself. But it also said employees are also uh, more likely to say that free snacks, gym membership, and discount schemes for employees uh, would also appeal to them greatly when sort of choosing, you know, one job versus another, for instance. Uh, and that, you know, that that speaks volumes as well, with that being a, a, yeah, a common I, I, trend. I think the only problem in that with working from home is just making sure that you stop. Because yeah, if, yeah. if you work nine to five, then five o'clock, you're ostensibly out the door. At home, you can just carry on. Just because technology lets you work from home and answer your emails at out of hours, being, you know, being accessible 24 hours a day does not mean you have to work 24 hours a day. It's getting the mindset that when you're at work, you're at work. And when you're not at work, put the phone down and focus on the rest of your life. Yeah, I've I've been guilty of that sort of dealing with emails and things sort of out of office hours. And when I say out of office hours, I mean sort of well out of office hours. You know, so yeah. when they, when emails pop in at sort of like nine or ten uh, in the evening, and it's, uh, and, I, and I do curse myself at that because it isn't. It, it's not a habit that I think anybody should continue. I mean, some occasions I do it because the the clients may be in a totally different country, so their time zone is wildly different to ours. Uh, so in order to you know appear proactive and accessible I, I will sort of respond to those I say if it's a UK client I'm I'm trying to stop doing that now and as soon as my working day ends you know that's it it'll have to wait until the morning but see that's it, not a technology thing it's a mindset see the yeah, offline yeah. version of it was yeah. that when I used to work in uh, magazines at mirror group a long time ago I had a habit of kicking my staff out of the office at five o'clock because there was this temptation for some people to stay behind, work late, look like they're being really 
diligent and productive. So it was kind of a joke that I said, you know, you have to leave because if you don't leave at five, it either means I've given you too much work to do, which makes me a bad manager, or that I've given you enough work to do, but you can't do it in the time allotted which makes me a bad manager. So either way, you're making me look bad, go home. It ties back to um, what you were saying about Bob, uh, because yeah. I always found that if I did work late, um, the time after the office had shut and the and the um, switch board was shut, so that was, um, it was a time when the boss would relax, you could have a bit of a chat and get to know each other that little bit better than being kind of full on trying to get the hours in. Yeah, yeah, there was a thing that if you did it on your own time, it was sort of the dynamic had changed because now it wasn't you and the boss, you were two colleagues because they can't boss you around. You're, you're both basically off duty. You're both sort of on a, a more level playing field. But that's the same thing as socialising after work is it just changes the dynamic from, you know, manager line manager and and worker to well we're all just colleagues so there is a bit of that but there's also the brown nosing element as well but again it was getting out of this idea that just because you can get your emails at nine o'clock at night doesn't action the emails in fact there are times when you get an email and you Some people won't read it because if they're worried it's bad news and it will ruin a good night's sleep because they can't do anything till 9am anyway. Whereas other people will read it because maybe they can do so, but if they can't, they'll still go to sleep and just deal with it in the morning. It's getting out of the mindset that you have to have it in your head before you go to sleep and lose sleep over it. So it's, it's again, it's the mindset. It's finding the right work environment to match your work needs and there's there's so many different environments now and the technology the networking all allows you to choose your work environment providing you choose it wisely i think it's about time we sort of summed it up into something that's that has a semblance of being vaguely useful which is which is an achievement for us see i think probably the crux of it is work the workplace is changing the way people tend to yeah. work is changing but it is still important to know which venue is most appropriate given the task at hand. If it's private, sensitive client work, don't go and do it in Starbucks. You could be overheard. You or the Wi-Fi signal could be compromised. If you've got anything that's sensitive for a client, do it in private. If you're just working on some tweets and some stuff for your own business and marketing and it isn't overly sensitive, yeah, feel free to do it anywhere. But technology or not, always work in the most appropriate venue for the project at hand. And ultimately, none of this even matters because in a few years, we're all going to be overtaken by robots and judgment day is coming. So let's just not worry about it. (laughs) I completely agree. And if I could just say now that I I make a point of saying please and thank you to Siri, because when the robots do take over, (laughs) my politeness might be taken into account. I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. I well, you're just making Cortana jealous. <laughs> Cortana, who's she? <laughs> See, that's going to be that, that's going to be played back to you at your trial. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, the, I think the that... judges will be Siri and Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Well, I think that probably wraps it up for this week. <laughs> I think it was wrapped up a long time ago. We're just sort yeah. of, you know. So hopefully, you would have found that useful in some 
vague, vague way. Uh, but yeah, but I always did. worth remembering. Oh, I highly doubt it as well, but yeah, we, we try. So other than that, we will see you next time for episode 17. You've been listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Follow us on Twitter, at Brumpod. You can subscribe to future episodes using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and several other podcast platforms. Just search for Brumpod. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please do consider leaving us a review. Music by Bureaucratic. We'll see you on the next episode.